Pastor Xavier Reese and the danger of ignoring God. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Over and over and over again, this is the key phrase of Ezekiel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. If you don't believe me before I say this, when it happens, you'll know it's me. It doesn't mean that people believe in Him, but they'll know it's Him, you understand? Men's hearts are very, very hard. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The book of Proverbs reminds us that the hearts of kings are in the hands of the Lord. He turns them wherever He wishes. Today, Pastor Xavier takes a look at the prophetical promises in the book of Ezekiel and a stern reminder that God is indeed in control. And here he is with today's lesson, The Judgment of Tyre. The prophet Ezekiel, having warned the captives in Babylon about the impending judgment of Jerusalem, and then was given a sign of the certainty of that, the last siege in 586, by the death of his wife, now he turns to the judgment of the nations. He will declare the judgments against Ammon, Moab, Edom, and Philistia in chapter 25. The judgment against Tyre is chapter 26, 27, 28. 26 is the city, 27 is the commerce, and 28 is the prince of Tyre. What we want to do is focus on one of the most incredible prophecies in Scripture, the prophetic judgment against the city of Tyre, which is described for us in three movements here in this chapter. Let me read for us. And it came to pass in the 11th year, in the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, because Tyre has said against Jerusalem, Aha, she is broken, who was gateway of the peoples. Now she is turned over to me. I shall be filled. She is laid waste. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Tyre. I will cause many nations to come up against you, as the sea causes its waves to come up. And they shall destroy the walls of Tyre, break down the towers, I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of the rock. It shall be a place of spreading nets in the midst of the sea, for I have spoken, saith the Lord God. It shall become plunder for the nations. Also her daughter villages which are in the fields shall be slain by the sword. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will bring against Tyre from the north Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, king of kings, with horses, with chariots, with horsemen, an army, and many people. He will slay with the sword your daughter's villages and the fields. He will heap up a siege mount against you, build a wall against you, and raise defense against you. He will direct his battering rams against your walls, and with his axes he will break down your towers. Because of the abundance of the horses, their dust will cover you as walls will shake at the noise of the horsemen, the wagons, and the chariots. When he enters the gates as when men enter a city that has been breached, with the hooves of his horses, he will trample all your streets, he will slay your people by the sword, and your strong pillars will fall to the ground. They will plunder your riches and pillage your merchandise. They will break down your walls and destroy your pleasant houses. They will lay your stones, your timber, your soil in the midst of the water. 
I will put an end to the sound of your song, and the song of your hearts shall be heard no more. I will make you like the top of the rocks, and you shall be placed for spreading nets. You shall never be rebuilt, for I, the Lord, have spoken, saith the Lord God. Thus saith the Lord God to Tyre, Will the coastlands not shake at the sound of all of your fall? When the wounded cry, when the slaughter is made in the midst of you, then all the princes of the sea will come down from their thrones and lay aside their robes and take off their embroidered garments. They will clothe themselves with trembling. They will sit in the ground trembling every moment and be astonished at you. And they will take up a lamentation for you and say to you, How you have perished, O one inhabitant of seafaring men, renowned city, who has strong as the sea, she and her inhabitants, who cause their terror to be on all her inhabitants. Now the coastlands tremble in the day of your fall. Yes, the coastlands by the sea are troubled at your departure. For thus saith the Lord God, when I make you as a desolate city, like cities that are not inhabited, when I bring the deep upon you and break waters, I'll cover you. Then I will bring you down like those who descend into the pit to the people of old, and I will make you dwell in the lower parts of the earth in places desolate from antiquity with those who go down to the pit so that you may never inhabit, and I shall establish glory in the land of the living. I will make you a terror, and you shall be no more. Though you are sought for, you will never be found again, saith the Lord God. Three movements describe this prophecy, which is just an incredible prophecy as we will see. First of all, verse 1 through 6, you have the revelation of the judgment against Tyre. Secondly, 7 through 14, you have the interpretation of the judgment of Tyre. And then 15 through 21, the reaction to the judgment of Tyre. The revelation of the judgment of Tyre The prophecy is dated, and it came to pass in the 11th year in the first day of the month. The last date was 586 A.D. The first day here is dated, but we don't know the month. The prophet Ezekiel has been prophesying about four years now. It's really not that long to this point, but we got a lot of material. God could have made this book a lot thicker, you understand? He really summarized it for us. Notice the prophecy is authenticated again, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, once again, all of Ezekiel's former prophecies, they are identified as divine revelation by the prophetic formula, the word of the Lord came to me. They are qualified. Now, it doesn't mean people will believe that, but he goes out of his way to identify them as such. So when they come to pass, people may say, I should have believed it. There are four clear divisions of the prophecy by the prophetic formula. The first one's here in verse 1, the second in verse 7, the third in verse 15, the fourth in 19. They're natural divisions that the chapter falls into. The certainty of its fulfillment is based on the first 24 chapters of the predictions that have come to pass. The prophet Ezekiel has been declaring one thing after another. And so the thing about prophecy is that what would make us or have us to believe that some of the unfulfilled prophecies are going to come to pass. Real simple. The past ones have. And the one who spoke the past ones spoke the future ones still. 
And if they came to pass, what would make us think the next ones are not going to come to pass? It's the same author, the same God, the same schedule. Notice the prophecy was revealed because Tyre delighted in the destruction of Jerusalem in verse 2. Yahweh quoted the very words of the people. You're always safe when you quote the people literally. That's why in the core you said, let me ask you, Mr. Smith, did you say these words? And when they quote us, all we can say is yes or no. <laughs> and so God, many times in the prophetic books and here in Ezekiel, he uses people's very own words to hang them as a witness against them. Tyre rejoiced over the destruction of Jerusalem due to envy over the commercial competitiveness. Listen, because Tyre has said against Jerusalem, aha, and you find that phrase throughout the prophetic books. God hates that when people delight in the destruction of others. She is broken, who was the gateway of the peoples. Commerce came into her. And so Tyre was jealous, envious. She was in competition. Her competitor is out of business. Oh, all the business is mine. The bottom line in this fallen world is money. It's the root of all evil. Not money itself, but the love of it, Paul tells Timothy. Notice Tyre can now be the sole negotiator and controller of the trade routes instead of Jerusalem. Now she is turned over to me. I shall be filled. She is laid waste. Tyre, as you know, had a long history with Israel. Tyre was situated on the Mediterranean coast, about 100 miles northwest of Jerusalem. It is the modern-day area of Syria, Lebanon. The posture of God was unfriendly. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, the warning was true. Behold, I am against you, O Tyre. I am against you. When God declares war against someone, they're in real trouble. He's the Lord of hosts, the captain of the armies of heaven, and he's never lost a battle or a war. The punishment by God was to be relentless, just ongoing, just relentless. And I will cause many nations to come up against you. So we have to look at it real closely. There's more than one person included here, or nations. The force and intensity would be like the waves of the sea, one after another, as the sea causes its waves to come up, he says. So he speaks in poetical language in this prophecy, but it's literal fulfillment. So learn to distinguish literal and figurative language, but also learn to distinguish the literal application of it. In verse 4 of the promised destruction would cause the sight to be unrecognized. Quite an amazing detail. The defenses would be brought down, and they shall destroy the walls of the tire and break down the towers. Listen, I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. He's going to clean her plate. Notice the place of judgment would become the location for fishermen next success. The city would be reduced from a power of wealth to a place of drying out fishing nets. You talk about being humbled. <laughs> it should be a place for spreading nets in the midst of the sea. Where it was so busy and commerce and people, you know, haggling and money and people with all the latest fashions and they got gold all over their hair, everything else. You've been to those markets. You go to the old city of Jerusalem, you get a little flavor of the old market there in the Arab quarters. 
The prophetic nature guarantees the certainty of this prophecy. The authority is from heaven, for I have spoken, saith the Lord God. The city would be reduced to rubble. It shall become plunder for the nations. And then the provinces of her outskirts would not escape. The colonies that went out from her are identified. Also, her daughter villages, which are in the field, shall be slain by the sword, the sword of Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, he names him. Notice the purpose of the prophecy was stated very clearly. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. We've gone over this over and over and over again. This is the key phrase of Ezekiel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. You don't believe me before I say this. When it happens, you'll know it's me. It doesn't mean that people believe in him, but they'll know it's him. You understand? Men's hearts are very, very hard. There are too many prophecies in the Bible with so many number of details that the chance of probability of them coming to pass are mathematically incredible. We declare ourselves to be the most educated, so sophisticated, so intellectual that we don't believe in God. Well, if man would try to use his brain to figure out the chance probability, he would find out how stupid he is because there isn't enough chance factor for these prophecies to come to pass. God gave to Daniel the very day the Messiah would enter Jerusalem on Palm Sunday in Daniel 9, 24 through 26, fulfilled in Matthew 21 and the other Gospels, fulfilling Zechariah 9, 9. 483 years to the day, from March 14, 445 B.C., to April 6, 32 A.D. You have 483 years to the day based on a 360-day Babylonian or biblical calendar, better stated. And if you take that date of March 14, 445 B.C. to April the 6th, I believe, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey, on the colt of a jackass, according to Zechariah 9.9, to the very day, to the very day. What are the chances of that? There are others, but we don't have time. Listen to Isaiah, Isaiah 42, 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you them. That's prophecy. And then Isaiah 46, 9 through 10 says, Remember the former things of all, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Amen. The revelation of the judgment against Tyre was to be accepted as divinely inspired as the past prophecies that were recorded by him. It hasn't changed. Notice, then we are given the interpretation. I love Ezekiel because many times he gives the prophecy and the interpretation. We're not left to our own interpretation. Look at 7 through 11. This is the short-term fulfillment through the king of Babylon. Verse 7, the judgment would be from God, but he would use man. The prophet, again, qualifies his words as divine in origin, for thus saith the Lord God. The place of origin, behold, I will bring against Tyre from the north. The person is named Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, king of kings he is said to be. The powerful army is described with horses, chariots, with horsemen, and an army with many people. And the judgment would be fierce, 
in 8-9, the army would be merciless to the women. He will slay with the sword your daughter villages in the fields. Women, children, we know, were not spared. We get many descriptions throughout the Bible of these nations overrunning and what they did. They would take the babies and grab them by their feet, and then as they're riding, swing them and slam them up against rocks, stuff like that. Very vicious. Nebuchadnezzar would cut off the city of its resources. He will heap up a siege mount against us, sort of like the Assyrians. Remember that? Build a wall against you and raise the defense against you. So to an effect, what they would do is they would encircle the city and cut them off from all the resources, water, food, and everything, and just sit it out. That's why the wars lasted so many years. Once you were out of food and water, then there was famine, then there was disease, and then there was death, then there was pestilence, and then it was easy to take the city. That's why every city was built around a waterway to make sure they could close their gates and be able to survive. Verse 9, Nebuchadnezzar would destroy their defenses. Um, he will direct his battering rams against your walls and uh, with his axes, he will break down your towers. Then 10 and 11, the judgment would come to pass. By the powerful army of Nebuchadnezzar, he would penetrate the city. He says, because of the abundance of his horses, their dust will cover you. Your walls will shake at the noise of the horsemen, the wagons, and the chariots. When he enters your gates as men enter the city, that has been breached. So it's as if it was already done. So by a powerful army, but also by possessing the city. Look at verse 11. With the hooves of the horses, he will trample all your streets. He will slay your people by the sword, and your strong pillars will fall to the ground. So here we have the first fulfillment. He is called by name. Nebuchadnezzar would fulfill the first part of this attack. The long-term fulfillment would be by Alexander the Great, verse 12 through 14. He is not named by name, but we're going to look to history for that to confirm that. But the interpretation is given to us because the details are so exact that we know only one person fulfilled this because of history. And archaeology also helps us out. Verse 12, God predicted the judgment contained two parts. That's the first thing we notice in verse 12. How do we know that? The pronoun changes from the singular to the plural, from he to they. Don't miss that. The invasion would take spoils, or what is called at times booty. They will plunder your riches and pillage your merchandise in the beginning of verse 12. They will break down your walls and destroy your pleasant houses, because that's what you do in war. You conquer and you take spoils. The invasion, next notice, would gather the debris of the city and cast it into the sea. They will lay your stones in the midst of the water. They will lay your timber stones in the midst of the waters. They will lay your soil in the midst of the water. Amazing. The stones, the timber, and the soil itself. Weird prophecy. But then in verse 13 and 14, God predicted he would terminate the existence of the city of Tyre. Kaput, no more. Verse 13, there would be no joy or celebration ever. I will put 
an end to the sound of your song and the sound of your hearts shall be heard no more. There it is. No more. 14, there would be no sign of existence. I will make you like the top of a rock. You should be a place for spreading nets and you shall never be rebuilt. Whoa, top of a rock, clean, never rebuilt. This is the second time God has said this, by the way, verse 13 and here now I'm 14. And then it says there would be no doubt about the fulfillment again. God affirms what he says. For I, the Lord, have spoken, says the Lord God. That's authority. Now, Dr. Stoner in his little book, Science Speaks, it's out of print unless you can get on eBay and, and catch one. Uh, just incredible little book. He takes chance of probabilities of mathematician. No one's ever refuted those uh, chance of probability things. And he goes through the Bible and, and does all these things. These probabilities, just incredible stuff. Let me give you uh, what he did with, with the fulfillment of Tyre here, okay, in prophetic form. Uh, here are some figures. It took Nebuchadnezzar 13 years to conquer the city of Tyre from 586 to 573 B.C., 13 long years to take the city. But throughout the 13 years, the Phoenicians had transferred everything of value from the inland city of Tyre to the island city half a mile out. So that when Nebuchadnezzar took the city, he profited nothing for it. all the wealth and resources were removed completely from the city. Can you imagine fighting 13 years? You walk in and there's nothing there. Therefore, when Nebuchadnezzar took the city, there was no spoil. Wow. Then Professor Stoner points out Alexander the Great, how he laid siege of Tyre in 322 B.C. as the long-term or secondary main fulfillment. As Alexander began his great conquest against Persia, which is modern-day Iran, by the way, he says he feared the Phoenicians might attack Greece, so he moved south to take Tyre because Alexander began his conquest and he was afraid of Persia. Persia had a, a huge army he was headed for, but the Phoenicians could attack by sea and destroy Greece. So he headed south to destroy Tyre first. He was unable to take the city, so he captured other cities, Professor Stoner says, and he took over their fleets to attack the island city, but its combined efforts failed. Alexander then decided to use all the materials of the city, Tyre, of the mainland, the one that Nebuchadnezzar has seized, and he decided to take all that and build a causeway out to the island and just march his troops as he's building it towards the island. The materials not being enough, he scraped up all the soil around the city and with it completed the causeway. Notice verse 4 and verse 12, scraping it like a rock. After seven months and marching in over the causeway, the fleets conquered the city. He took Tyre. Wow. Amazing prophecy. Now, the cities around were so frightened by the conquest of Tyre that all opened their gates to Alexander without opposition, just as the prophecy in verse 6 says. Even Jerusalem opened up its gates and welcomed and received some animals for sacrifice on his behalf. <laughs> the city became the place for fishermen to dry their nets exactly as the prophecy 
Even to the present day, it is a very popular place for fishermen. What a coincidence. Or is it? Pastor Xavier Reese and the sure judgment of disobedience. Now, there's still much more to come next time, but if you missed any part of today's broadcast or feel you won't be around for the balance of the study, you can pick up a copy of this message on CD for only $4. The title to ask for is The Judgment of Tyre, and this is a great way to introduce a friend or loved one to this ministry. Now, once again, the title to ask for is The Judgment of Tyre, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you mention the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the impact of this ministry in your area. Will a loving God really judge sin? That's coming up on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 